0: Good morning, I'm Francis Keeney and this is The Trough for Tuesday the 14th of March, your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. Power and gas supplies are set to dominate headlines for the next few days as South Australia unveils its proposed plan to tackle the state's energy crisis. The Premier Jay Weatherall has warned all options are on the table, including nationalising the state's power grid in a bit to stabilise prices and avoid a repeat of major blackouts across the state. He's told the advertiser that the public wants the government to take charge of energy security and that it's an opportunity to source, generate and control more power in South Australia. This plan is set to focus around gas. It will come into place later this year, according to the Finn Review, with some sort of intervention in the state's gas market. It will be unveiled at 11am Adelaide time today. And it follows a report by the Grattan Institute, which says competition in the energy market has led to power bills almost doubling in the past 10 years. And it says consumers in Victoria have been the worst hit, they could have saved $250 million a year if power profit margins were brought into line with other businesses. It found the profit margins in Victoria are at around 13%, more than double what regulators traditionally consider as fair. In response to that, the Prime Minister told The Australian that the upcoming Finkel review into power prices will ensure that there is transparency in the market. In the meantime, Malcolm Turnbull has been advised that pumped hydro storage could go a long way to addressing Australia's energy security problems within seven years. The Australian Renewable Energy Agency has told him that pumped hydro is the only, quote, mature, bankable technology that is readily available at scale, but it will take between four and seven years to actually develop and construct these projects. He'll be meeting with gas company executives tomorrow in Canberra. In the middle of all this, we've got Elon Musk's proposed intervention. The ABC's Nick Harmson has published some analysis this morning that raises some questions about how hard it could be to implement such an idea. And the head of the ACCC, Rod Sims, has told The Guardian that while he opposes a gas reservation policy, he's urged gas producers to develop additional supply for the domestic market. He'll be doing a speech in Sydney today. To the WA election fallout now, and five seats remain in doubt on Tuesday as counting continues in the state's upper house. According to the ABC, Labor is predicted to win 40 seats, while the Liberals and Nationals will get 19. Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party is tipped to win two seats in the upper house, with two for the Greens and for the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party and one seat for the Liberal Democrats. Those figures are set to change as the day progresses. Meanwhile, other states have been watching the results very closely, including Queensland, which is due for an election in the next 12 months or so. Amy Ramikis from the SMH says strategists in the state Labor government are planning to delay the next election to next year to give time for One Nation to, quote, implode. Given the issues facing the crossbench party in recent weeks, resulting in a poor showing on Saturday, I can see why. It comes as an increasing number of Liberal and National MPs come out against any further preference deals with One Nation on a federal level. The Australian says 10 of 11 federal Liberal MPs in the West could be at risk if the results on the state level are replicated at the next federal poll. That includes Christian Porter, Michael Keenan, and Ken Wyatt. Andrew Hastie has told the SMH that this is a warning to Turnbull that the state's share of the GST should also be increased. While Nick Xenophon, another crossbench senator, has also offered some advice to Pauline Hanson in the wake of the preference deal. She'd be mad to cut another deal because minor parties invariably end up the biggest loser. There's another essential poll out this morning, and The Guardian has the two major parties still locked at fifty-three forty-seven percent two-party preferred in favour of the ALP. And 71% of those polled also support the so-called Buffett rule for high-income earners, something a Bill Shorten has ruled out, but some members of the Labor Party are pushing for. There's also been strong support for efforts to stop companies minimising tax payments by sending funds offshore, as well as a minimum tax rate for multinational companies and their Australian earnings. Only 24% of those polled support the coalition's proposed company tax cuts, a drop of 4% since last month. Julie Bishop, the foreign minister, is on the road again. She was in Singapore overnight and is off to the Philippines. And she's also made some interesting comments regarding China, warning the country should embrace democracy if it wants to enjoy greater economic prosperity. She's made the remarks in Singapore overnight and comes ahead of the Chinese Premier's visit to Australia in coming days. And the U.S. Vice President, Mike Pence, is also said to visit Australia next month. According to Reuters, this morning he'll also be visiting Japan, Indonesia and South Korea. And Peter Harcher in the SMH has a good piece about the Saudi King's recent visit to Indonesia and why Australia, which has cut funding to Indonesia, should be worried. The Federal Treasurer Scott Morrison has been busy talking about housing affordability. He says parents are putting off having kids in order to get into the property market because they need to save more money to get a bigger t- bigger deposit. And according to the AFR, this is another sign the federal government's planning to allow people to access their superannuation in order to buy property in the upcoming May budget. It comes as the Daily Telegraph says one in 10 homes sold in New South Wales over a three-month period last year were snapped up by foreign buyers. The figures under FOI come from the National Register of Foreign Ownership and cover the period from July to September 2016, with a third of those foreign buyers coming from China. And the Property Council has also told the Australian this morning that it's also open to the prospect of changing the rules surrounding the capital gains tax, but is adamant that negative gearing should not be touched. Briefly, another political news this morning, the Australian says there's growing internal spats involving the leaking of travel records of the Health Minister Greg Hunt earlier this year. Now, this is reportedly connected with the brawl underway of the leadership of the Victorian Liberal Party. And Scott Ryan, the special minister of state, has strenuously denied that this leaked the media came from his office. The Canberra Times is reporting the ATO, the Australian Tax Office, secretly handed over sensitive information about its staff to a private firm in order to profile members involved in an all-staff industrial ballot. The ATO says the move was cleared by its lawyers, but unions have told the paper it could have breached the Privacy Act and the Public Service Act because home addresses and private email addresses were also handed over. The Australian reports the Prime Minister is fast tracking moves to change the Racial Discrimination Act in order to have some sort of some sort of a proposal ready for the Coalition Party room as early as next week. It comes following the death of the Australians cartoonist Bill Leake. The cashless welfare card in two remote communities will be made permanent. It follows a 12-month trial. The federal government has confirmed the use of the cards in Ceduna in Western South Australia, and the Kimberley in WA will continue following an interim report into their use. A lot of committees today looking at allegations of abuse in detention centres at Manus Island and Nauru. There's committees examining the superannuation guarantee, submarines, East Timor's maritime border, vocational education, corporate avoidance of the Fair Work Act, and administrative arrangements orders. Malcolm Turnbull is in Canberra for a cabinet meeting ahead of tomorrow's meeting of gas chiefs, and there's nothing planned from the opposition leader, Bill Shorten, and the weather for Canberra today, cloudy and the chance of showers and storms in a top of 27 degrees. I also have a bit of an announcement. I'll be back at the ABC from tomorrow, only on a casual basis. This would actually require me to wake up even earlier than I do for this podcast. It means that I won't be won't be possible to do podcasts every single day. Now I'll telegraph this in advance, but it means that I'll be back on Thursday. So apologies for this. But for details you can visit thetrough.com.au. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you on Thursday.